crack up. You, She's just so excited and bubbly and like just full of energy. I was like, oh, I'm just going to listen. She's fun. She's so fun. You can see why I love her. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine you two, you two walking together. Yeah. But she's real as well. Like she just spills how she's feeling and like what she's been through and everything. And like, yeah, it's that what she said about COVID is so relatable. Like just like having to get on with it and pretend this never happened. Although my husband said that they're actually like launching an official inquiry in Melbourne into how the government dealt with it, like with all our lockdowns and stuff. Really? Yeah, which is, I don't know exactly what it means, but basically they're going to like look into why it was managed so poorly, why we were locked down more than any place in the world, you know? So, yeah, no. And I mean, honestly, you, it does feel weird. Like we did just kind of like, we just kept going and didn't have this chance to kind of like grieve and mourn all the stuff we lost out on. Mm. Like I think of all the kids in high school that missed out on like prom and football mm. games. Cause it's such like a big thing in the States, you know, it was like all of that fun stuff. And um, my niece just graduated last year mm. and her principal was like, you guys are the first class back that got to do everything, you know, in the last couple of years. And I was like, oh man, that's so sad. But yeah. There's little reminders every now and then. Like even last night I went to the show. It was so cool. Oh yeah. Me a second because like we were all in really close proximity and like it was like an interactive immersive show. And like the actors were like throw themselves at you and like people would crush. And I was just like, oh, I actually am not used to being in a space where strangers are up in my grill. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I was like, but you know, if I was ever going to be ready, it's now and at this show and whatever. So, but yeah, like it kind of was like a relief for her to bring it up. Cause I think we're all kind of like, yeah, we went through this major trauma and every, and now society's like, well, on your merry wagons, off you go. Everyone's yeah. fine. This is fine. And it's like, no, like there's kind of it, like unchangeable shifts that have happened in our brains from something like that. It's like a major trauma that we all experienced, you know? Oh, for sure. And then just like living on the internet for those few years and all of the drama and chaos and darkness and, you know, all of it, I think really affected people's, like, just how they re- just how they act toward one another in the real world, because we are so separate, separate for a while. And so having to go back and just be human again, I think is really something that has taken us a little bit to get out of, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. I think a lot of people were just really angry for a while because it is scary and traumatic and nobody knew what was happening. Mm. And we're seeing all of this like, you know, false information about politics and just darkness. And um, yeah, I went to the store yesterday and I was just like looking at people and, you know, you're just sitting there like, yeah, no, we're not back yet. Like we're not, we're not there just yet, you know, but we're getting, I think we're slowly crawling out, but yeah, I think wait now we've you know we've got aliens as I've mentioned on the last podcast, <laughs> so I just haven't gotten over that yet. Have you have you I seen just, the aliens? 
I've seen the little corpse or whatever. Is that are they not so cute? Aren't they adorable? I mean, sure. <laughs> if that's the way you swing. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just I mean, I'm open to it being real, but like from what I read, the brief bit, it's only one scientist with that sample and they won't give access to anyone else. So Wait I'm kind of like are you are you a naysayer? Are you an alien? Naysayer? Only until someone else has confirmed the facts. Because until someone else has confirmed the facts, it's giving like alien cult. <laughs> like if one person is the only person with all the answers, we just back at square one, people. Humanity. Ah, I see. One. Melanie is a little cynical. I think she's in her cult era she right now. She is a cult expert, so she is not just. <laughs> diving into the alien uh whatever friggin excitement <laughs> Look, i don't I, know it's a proper word conspiracy theories and everything comes from somewhere and mythology and everything i think it all comes from somewhere i just i don't take uh something as factual evidence until there's more <laughs> more than one little wee alien corpse although i will give them <laughs> The fact that it really mimics all the aliens we've seen on TV. I was like, well, I guess if it all lines up and here it is, could be real, could be real. You never know. Hey, you never know. But um, but hey, welcome to the show, everyone. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know by now, Melanie and I just go in hard. And if this is your first um, show, welcome. You know, I I don't know what to say. Just... Just bear with us. We are here. We are excited. Um, welcome to the Publishing Persuasion. I'm Angela Montoya, author of Sinner's Isle that comes out in just a few weeks. And I am here with my goth goddess, Melanie Schubert. What what earrings are you wearing today, Melanie? Ah, I made these ones. These were my first attempt. Did you see the little ghosts I made Katya for her book? Oh, cute. These were my first attempt, which I don't like as much as those. I might, I'll make another pair, but it's what I had. It's what I, I had today. It. Hey, I wore, so yesterday I went to a book launch. I actually, yeah. I hosted the book launch, believe it or not. We'll get into that. But I wore the earrings you made me and I got so many compliments on those earrings. I have to just say like, and mm. rightly so they're beautiful. So no, yep. onto the you gotta have your merch, your earring merch, your little Maybe one day. I think little boobies. I I just I'll still keep making them for friends for now, but I could see how it can very easily spread into something more than a hobby. <laughs> yeah, you know, just putting it out there, but what? not everything has event? to be money. That's oh, um, yes, which you know. Not everything is about the coin. Not everything's about the dollar bill. Yeah. Um, I went to Bran Randall's book launch. So I met her first through um, on TikTok. Mm. Like she just has this huge following. And I think um, she randomly followed me one day, which I was like, oh, like, is a, is a celebrity following me right now? Mm. Um, but then she just is really magical and like, and um, her book sounded so cool. And so we just kind of chit-chatted every once in a while. And then I saw that she was having a book launch in my area, in my local Barnes & Noble. 
And I was like, bitch, that's so exciting. I didn't know you were from here, but I got the vibes. I had a feeling she was a Northern California girl. She just Mm -hmm. has the vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was like, yeah. And so we were talking and we're like, you know, really close to each other. And uh, she just asked me like, hey, do you want to, do you want to be my in conversation like partner? And I was like, moi? um and and then she gave me her arc and so and her book is so good it's called the unfortunate side effects of heartbreak and magic so it's yeah. like uh, practical magic meets gilmore girls and she's just like a killer book marketer like she's just mm-hmm. the, the girl's got it like she just knows what she's doing and so it was my honor honestly to do it but again it was one of those things just like the event I did last week that I was like trembling in my boots about, Hmm. but because we've had this podcast and have just like been chatting, it, you go help autopilot because you're so trained to do it. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, okay, I know I can, I know I can do it, but this one was live and humans were there. And so that was a little weirder, you know, looking out. And she's right there. Um, but it was fun. It was really, really fun. She's great. So yeah, it was fun. Oh, congrats though. Your that, that's is that your first in-person event? Yeah, first, yes. <laughs> Look at you. Did you have fun? Was it like even though it was terrifying, did you I feel like you would still enjoy it? Yeah, I honestly it was really, really fun. Like, um, Jessica Para gave, I messaged in the group chat, like, Hey, do you have any ideas on like questions to ask? And she was like, do a lightning round. And that was the funnest thing. Um, you know, just kind of like off the cuff, just like hardbacks, backs, coffee, tea. And it was really, really fun. And, um, and she's just like, really just like this magical spirit. Mm -hmm. And then there was some other local authors that I had known from social media. So it was just really cool. It's so nice when you meet someone like that and you're like nice and weird when you meet a new person and you're like, wow, I connect with you more than somebody I knew since childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Magical souls. Yeah. That's, that's just writer people. Like I, yeah. that's exactly it. And it's like when you read their work and you see them on social media and you kind of get, you get that feel. And then when you see yeah. them, it's like, ah, okay. She, she's one of us. <laughs> Yes. Hopefully it's also gotten you excited for all your events that you've got lined up because I know you're feeling a bit anxious about them. And then you've done one and you're like, I can do it. And it would be even easier because you'll be on the other end, you know? Yeah, yeah. I totally, totally. Let somebody else feel the pressure. No, but um, no, it it did. It made me feel a lot more excited for what's to come. And I was talking to Jill uh, two today, Jill two, our dear friend, Jill, which we still get her on the show, but um, she's a fellow joy revolution writer. And, um, and we're both like equal, like neck and neck on edits. So she'll get edits while I'm waiting, you know, so we're bouncing off like, okay, you have them next. And um, she was like, how do you feel at, you know, your launch is coming. Are you excited? And I was like, ah, I'm, you know, I am, but I'm also just like stuck in the book two like mm-hmm. tunnel because I'm just so like desperate to get it right. And she was like, well, remember y- y- that'll come like focus yeah. on just enjoying the moment. And she was like, do this for past Angela. Yeah. And I was oh like, my gosh. Oh. 
Yeah. That hit right. me straight in the feels factory. Yeah. <laughs> feels factory, right? It did because, do you know, like, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I'm tearing up just thinking about it. It's such a beautiful, like, grounding thing to say to yourself. And, yeah, like, this is going to fly past this debut month, this debut year. It is, it's it's the end of September. Like, how did that happen? September 2023, like, what the fuck? Here we are. (laughs) But, like, yeah, like, everything else can kind of wait and, like, I think like it's this weird human nature that when we finally like achieve something we were striving for, we like somehow make ourselves too busy or talk ourselves out of enjoying it. Or, like we don't feel like we should, like, I don't know if you're like that too, but I feel like it's, it's like a good person thing that we almost like, I shouldn't be allowed to enjoy this joy. Like I should be suffering to have this. And that's a lie. That is like a fucking cult lie. <laughs> that society has fed us you know I saw this quote the other day that was like I'm not healing to be able to handle trauma I'm healing to be able to accept my joy Mm. and it fucking hit me in the feels factory as well (laughs) because I was just like yeah like there is this thing in us that resists the joyful moments or like tries to like I don't know do you feel that a bit all the time, all the mm-hmm. time. Or like if, if I do get something that's good has happened yeah. to me, I'm like, well, enough bad things have happened. So, so I'm clear, like I, I can have this, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, okay, Dude. <laughs> good thing happened. And then I start scanning back. Well, I, this bad thing happened and this and this and that. So, you know, I'm about balanced here and, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm always like, okay, you know, I, I, I've deserved this good thing right now Mm. you're speaking to my freaking feels factory right now (laughs) take a shot every time melanie says feels factory as long as it makes you laugh i'm gonna keep saying it but like i feel like naked and vulnerable by the fact that you like what you've shared is exactly what goes on in my brain this like rationalization of like something good happened but all these bad things happen, so it's probably okay that I enjoy that. Like, yeah. I do feel like it's we we have to work on healing that mindset, and I'm like I'm definitely trying because yeah, like you don't have to suffer to deserve joy. Like mm-hmm. life is suffering and joy, but one doesn't equal oh well. Now I had this cup of suffering, so I can enjoy this cup of joy, and. And something like in my meditations recently that was coming up as well was just like, oh, it was even, it might have just been a real, it might have not been meditation, but reels are full of good information. They're fun. Like the brain, the neuroplasty of the brain is incredible, but it's also like, like can be detrimental because if you have this one thought and you fixate on it, And the more you think about it, you're literally carving that channel through your brain, which is why we have those negative thoughts. And Mm. she was like, you need to replace it with a good thought. Like, I don't deserve this. Replace it with immediately, she said, replace it with, I'm a bad bitch and I deserve joy. Like, just like to immediately replace it because it's actually, we have hardwired ourselves to think like that, sadly. And that's why our brains jump straight to that 
And once I realized that, that it's not like a part of my core, it's like kind of challenged me to say more nice things to myself and to try change that pathway that's been formed. Like, I don't deserve this. Why don't you? Yeah, you do. You'd want that for your friends. You'd want all the good things for your friend. Why would you want anything less for yourself? You know? So Mm. why would you want anything less for yourself? All the good things are coming and more good things will come. Bad things happen, but it's not like, it's not like a scale sitting there. You can't predict them. Maybe it comes from our desire to want to predict. Maybe. Want to happen. Maybe. And we're like, well, it's like trying to prepare, but. Yeah. You know, it's like always like uh, it comes in threes, like deaths come in threes. And so you're like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) She falls. She falls. I wasn't ready for that. Fucking breathe over here. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm in my death era. Um, you, have you heard that? Like, no. you know, like, okay, well, okay, here's, here's, let me break it down to you. So now you can't turn back. So like if a celebrity passes away, you know, it's like a dear mm. beloved celebrity, you're always like, oh no, it comes in threes. Oh. And so you're like, you're looking at all your beloved older celebrities and you're like, don't go outside. Don't travel. You know, like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Is that, I don't think that's just a me. Maybe it's just an American thing. I don't know. I've heard the saying when woes are like Shakespeare, when woes come, they come not in ones, but in multitudes or something. It's probably the same thing. But I think it's probably more, more likely like, like the scientific (laughs) side, it's because you start looking out for that. Ah, now you're on alert. Somebody you cared about died. So now you're on alert. Who else could go? So eventually a celebrity, it might fucking be that person who used to play Mr. Squiggle, the man from the moon, and they die and you're like, well, see? <laughs> exactly it. It's some random ass person. You know. Yes, that is it. <laughs> Mr. Squiggle, watch out. <laughs> Did you have that there? No. <laughs> Mr. Squiggle, the man from the moon. <laughs> what the fuck is that? it's children's tv i guess it's just australian <laughs> we had the we had the wiggles weren't they australian yeah, we had the wiggles oh, oh oh wait a minute wait a minute you didn't look impressed by the wiggles they weren't my cup of tea okay really <laughs> not at all really? even oh. as a little kid i was like <laughs> oh she wasn't feeling the wiggles no they didn't oh. wiggle my woo <laughs> no. no they didn't <laughs> Uh, well how are you real that was real i'm good i'm good i mean it's just monday but yes oh my gosh last night i went to the (laughs) last (laughs) night i went to the did i just smudge my black lipstick black no okay good i thought i just gave myself like a little (laughs) i wouldn't tell you otherwise (laughs) (laughs) you wouldn't Ah, it can all it can all happen. No, I went to this show. I wish I could take you. I wish I could take you to this show that's on right now. I have never been to anything like this in my life. And it was like pirate nautical themed. It was like inspired by The Little Mermaid and like 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Very cool. It was something called immersive theater. So they have taken this old mansion and there are 40 40 plus maybe scenes, rooms renovated into 
theme into like a scene where so you walk in you go into like this ship that takes you underwater bit of imagination but I it felt legit to me <laughs> I felt very anxious and like anticipating what's going to happen when the doors open it felt a bit squid games in that part I'm not uh-huh. gonna... but yeah like you it's literally choose your own adventure theater. So you walk around this abandoned derelict building, which has been renovated into proper stage level scenes. Like the detail blew my fucking mind. And so you can just choose, you're going to go this way. And, and then there's a scene happening there where two lovers are dancing and like whatever, and you can stay or you can go, you can walk down into another part. There'll be someone singing there or like, Oh my gosh. Like, I could not have expected the level they would go to. The props, the acting, like, wow, my mind. Yeah, that sounds super cool. And just like, I, were you ever, did you ever play video games? A little, not much. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I mm. remember like in video games, they'd have, like, you're supposed to do a con, like you're supposed to do a thing, right? You have a yeah. quest, but I'd never do the quest. I just wanted to roam. And that's what it's giving me. Like, I who cared about the quest? Like, I want to see what those trees are, you know? Literally, me to a T. I would go for a walk around the world and, like, <laughs> inspect things and just take my time. And, like, as we were doing the show, like, there'd be a big scene and, like, we'd, like, stay and listen to the performance and then they'd be like, follow me, follow me, follow me. But you don't have to. And sometimes I'd be like to my husband, I was like, okay, I'm overstimulated. Let's go roam through a quiet room now. (laughs) Because, yeah, like, literally I want to see the quiet things as well, not just follow the characters, which which they encourage. I just, like, theatre will never be the same for me after seeing it. It was uh, Love, Lust, Lost was the name Ooh. of the show was it sexy too it was very bolesky there was like spinning and coital roamings there was like a <laughs> sex swing in one room and I was like dang we missed that scene <laughs> I I better see one in the background soon of your house <laughs> and now I need to see one. <laughs> no you don't want to see one in the back do you no I guess okay yeah no you're right <laughs> You could just tell. No, don't tell me. Never mind. Pretend I didn't say that. Pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> but yeah, so it was just a night. You know, stuff like that. It always fills the creative well. And and even though like I'm not an actor or in that field or anything, like you always feel like, oh, these are my people, like the creative yeah. folk, like the stuff they do. And it really filled the creative well. And not just the well, just the human well. You know, stuff like that, it just reminds you like, oh, shit, yeah, like, I'm alive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Screw, screw, who cares about the writing well? Just the human well. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It refilled mm. my human well big time like, because it was just so surprising and so unexpected. And it was like we randomly went on a Sunday night because tickets were cheap. And, yeah, I needed it. I needed it. It felt like a big, you know, when you go on a holiday and it like gives you a change of perspective about the world, something like this does that in a big way as well for me, because it's just, oh, you're like, wow, yeah. humans are so beautiful and surprising. Yes. Yes. I love that. Cause it is. I, Cause we were talking about just like coming out of the pandemic and you're like looking at people like, ugh. but then you're reminded, like, look what we can do when we just yeah. like 
breathe into our gifts and creativity. And that's just the coolest thing. I'm I'm rather jealous. I would take you tomorrow if you were here. All right, let's go. It's glorious. It would, yeah, one day. I think they travel around. Although Jill too was telling me she went to one in New York, I think. I can't remember what it was called now, but there was one. There are some there as well, apparently. Of course, New York had it first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course. How do you know it wasn't over here in California? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it might be. <laughs> Not that, I mean, I'm just going from my television knowledge, just from my television knowledge. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. I've been to a haunted house. <laughs> Have you? I haven't braved one yet. Oh, I went to one and then I, that was it. That was all it okay. took. But it was, it was really, really cool because it was like that. It was in yeah. an old abandoned ha- like farm. Yeah. And the um like the actors like were legit like they really were into their roles. Yes. And all the rooms were were different and you would at one point we had to crawl under like a thing and it was crazy. Like yeah. I don't think they could do it now because of code violations, but it was nuts. At one point the guy grabbed me and like um <laughs> held me and and then at another point for some reason i was in the front of the group i don't know why <laughs> but then i got like the chainsaw guy came after me and so I ran and i ran to the wrong door and so he stopped his chainsaw and he was like that way and i was like oh okay yeah so <laughs> very cool but yeah totally that vibe how are you feeling it. this week uh well it's sunday for me Yes. So, um, no, no, I feel, I feel <laughs> fine. I feel good. So I just got, what are you laughing at, Melanie? <laughs> okay. Well, here's, let me just, let me be honest with you, Melanie. So I totally forgot we had this interview today. Luckily you DM'd me, right? Th- that's how my week's been going. Yeah. I, like I said, I was supposed to, I was doing the interview yesterday, the author event. Mm. I I had the wrong time. Luckily, I freaking looked at the like a invitation oh my an hour before and realized, oh mm-hmm. shit, like I have 15 minutes to get ready. And so I think my brain and my daughter was like, Mom, this is like the third time you've you've done this. Cause I like for I think their dentist appointment, like all this last yeah. week, my brain has just been like jelly. Mm. and um yeah so my daughter today was like mom this is like the third thing you've forgotten mm. and uh, I told her well said I know Alicia it's because of stress <laughs> she was like, well that's not my problem no she didn't really <laughs> but but then I noticed like after I was like ah um Armando started like he made me lunch and uh-huh. the kids went and cleaned their rooms so like they were tra- you know being very helpful but um, but yeah, I think my brain is just like goo. Mm. And then I got, um, edits for a cruel thirst on Friday and they're due on Tuesday. They're just like this, oh. like, but it's tense. It's just like these little tweaks, um, yeah. because we're going into launch for the next season. Mm. So, you know, my editor's trying to just like get it nice and clean. 
So mm-hmm. I think my brain's just goo, but I do feel good because like I said, I think in our last one, I've been slowly like chipping away at things that I've been putting off. Yeah. And it's been making me feel good. And then like mm-hmm. doing yoga. So I've just been, I've been slowly trying to do things yeah. that like ground me and make me feel like, ah, I'm okay. I am on top of things. And I think that's really been helping. All my laundry is done and she's put away. No. Yeah. That deserves yeah. another star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. From your co-host Melanie Schubert. Like it's an underrated star for like putting washing laundry and putting it away. Mine, as I say this, there is a huge pile over there that is staring. Like this week, Phil and I were both like, okay, this is the week. His parents are coming back from Croatia. They've been away for ages. And we're like, this is the week. We'll get it clean before the parents come. Yes. Because have they seen it? Have they seen the house since like it's all been? Ah. I haven't seen it at all. They've been away for like six months. Oh, wow. Well, yes, it's laundry time. Yeah. And you're going to feel so good. You're going to feel so good when it's put away. It's like we were saying last week again, actually cleaning, keeping a clean space is so good for my mental health, but it's one of the first things I let go. It is the first thing, let's be real. Like I will be that like, you know, trash raccoon that like leaves a pot on the stove and I'll remember a week or two later and there's mold in it. That's real. That's right. A realness that happens to me a lot. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, and I noticed like when I was doing our freaking yoga, I looked on the ground and I was like, when's the last time I vacuumed? (laughs) I feel so seen right now. I I noticed when I was walking barefoot and I was like, oh no, the bottom of my feet are black (laughs) from dirt and shit. (laughs) But it's, it's hard. It's true. When you are busy or just not in the headspace, that goes away. Like who cares about cleaning, you know, and, and yoga and meditation and all the things that we need to do. We just stop. That's why I'm so proud. Not that you need me to be proud, but like, you know, it really is hard. And like in a, in like a small way, you're already doing that for yourself, these little things, and it is going to make a difference. And And even I was going to say, like, it's good that you, like, let, it's good that you popped off at your family and then they fussed over you a little bit, you know, like, let yourself a little bit pop off and, and, and be a bit of a diva right now, you know? (laughs) Do they not know who I am? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) they should be bowing. (laughs) They should be laying treasures at your feet. They should treat me like my schnauzer Smokey does. I mean, he just looks at me. He just gazes, you know, and just, wow, you know. Doesn't Smokey leave the room every time you speak his name? (laughs) Well, he's not here right now. But if I had food, the way he'd look at me, you know, he would just be (laughs) puppy-eyed. But anyway, I guess we should probably... (laughs) Read Katya's bio because somehow the time has me. Let's do a short intro. Also me. Somehow 40 minutes later. Do you know that's my favorite part, my friend? Our interviews with our guests go fast, but I could swear I've been talking to you for five minutes, like, and 40 minutes has gone past. It's wild. 
It is wild. I will read it for you today. Your brain has been through enough. Thank you. <clears throat> Our amazing friend, Katia de Bessera, writes atmospheric young adult horror featuring, featuring determined characters, complicated families, and enigmatic places. Critics called her debut What the Woods Keep a thoughtful and compelling horror fantasy and a narrative that will keep readers enthralled. The bulletin and book list. <laughs> I didn't read it while I was going. It, the first review was from bulletin. The second was from book list. While her second novel, Oasis, earned a starred review from book list, Katia regularly publishes short fiction in anthologies and literary magazines. She is also co-editor of the anthology This Fresh Hell, which reimagines and subverts horror tropes in new and unexpected ways. As a child, Katya wanted to be an Egyptologist, but instead she earned a PhD in cultural anthropology and now works at uni where she teaches and researches as well as supervises graduate students in anthropology, creative writing, and education. Katya is a short version of her real name, which is very long and gets mispronounced a lot. And if you stay tuned till the end, you'll hear it. Her third novel, When Ghosts Call Us Home, is forthcoming in this year, next week. It's all happening all happening i can't freaking wait to i'm gonna start reading i need to read this book it looks yeah. amazing i think you're gonna love it like horror is not my go-to genre but i'm starting to wonder if maybe it is like this is definitely uh, like to the edge of what i'm comfortable with spook wise but like it's so good it just uh -huh. draws you in like she's really killed it Ooh, yay well, I can't wait to read it. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear all the amazing things Katya has to say. Katya! Yay! <laughs> Woo! How are you? Good. We're having a silent dance party while you're audio connecting. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. Wow, you look amazing. Look at you. Oh, Halloween -y. <laughs> I love like it. Catch your house vibes. I'm trying to wear my Godzilla as Taro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I'm over here in like a princess shirt. I want I love to see it. what was on yours. I love it so much. <laughs> oh, look adorable. I love it. I'm only presentable, you know, up to my waist. Obviously, I'm wearing my sweatpants, so don't make me stand up and <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've got ripped denim shorts on to complete the outfit. So <laughs> look, as long as you have something, that's like as long you know as you know, you're wearing something there, yeah. <laughs> a minute ago, it was a different scene. It was it was not uh not G-rated. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man, it would have been a whole different podcast if uh that was yeah. So. You have to blur out things. I don't know. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and, and beep beep and blur <laughs> i actually love that idea whatever we need I... to sell our books friends whatever we need <laughs> at this point that's where it's headed isn't it <laughs> you can always just do it you don't have to you know for a specific reason i think people would be intrigued like what what are they blurring what is there <laughs> like... i feel like that oh, naked weather girl news you know how <laughs> they just blur it <laughs> blur that'd be genius here. though that's genius that's great marketing just right? blur right. it baby or don't who knows that's right <laughs> it's funny Katya because I was looking at our um 
our questions for you from last time. And I was like, oh, it was almost a year ago, like a year and a month ago that we had you on, which is so wild because it doesn't even feel like that at all. It's weird. Yeah. I think the concept of time has really changed for a lot of people. And I know like they they joke that people who grew up in the 90s, they say, oh, 90s was 10 years ago. Well, (laughs) guess what? Not quite. Um, yeah, so one year ago, sure, why not? I believe you. I mean, it might have been 10 years ago, it might have been last month. I don't know what time is. Um, have very I just like the other week I had a realization that my book's coming out next next week. So that was like, oh, I better like post more about it on Instagram, I guess. <laughs> yeah I guess so well you've been busy I mean you've got books like plural um but did um did when ghosts call us home did it already come out in Australia or UK or is it no not yet so it's coming out next uh next week on the 3rd of October in the US um and then the uh UK Commonwealth Australia is 12th of October so it's still uh-huh it's coming um but it feels like you know you know how it is you have you have your advanced cops floating out there people are reading this you get tagged at things it's like it's already kind of out there i guess people can read it if they really want to (laughs) right which i think i honestly i was surprised i kind of like that like i like that it's already you're getting a little taste of what people Mm. feel and so you know it, it almost feels like it's out there for you already or yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. I mean, you know, like you, you're going through this too for the first time, which you kind of experience, you know, this as a debut. And it's similar, I guess, for each book. You just kind of get used to it. So, yeah, like, you know, it goes out there a few months before. People can read the ARCs, advanced copies. Uh, you get your trade reviews. Um, and it's like, yeah, you get like a taster of, of you know, hopefully they're going to like it. So, you know, hopefully that translates into the kind of reception of the book from the general audiences but you can't really control that and sometimes you you know I feel like you keep your expectations low just in case because when it's really good then it will be fine because if you have high hopes for things and they don't realize then you you know you be disappointed so which was like my experience with my first book <laughs> so I was like I hope I hope for nothing I just you know hope somebody will read it and like oh. it enough <laughs> so. I think that's like a pretty yeah. good way of going about it. Yeah, definitely. It's just to and... say to protect myself, really, by my mental health. <laughs> but from what I've yeah. seen, the reviews coming in uh, are very, very good. I think we have some stars. <laughs> some stars. We have some stars. Angela has some stars too. So that's really cool to see. Um, yeah, I was complete, completely not expected. I think with, with trade reviews, especially with some that are, I mean, I don't want to say notorious, but there's some that are very harsh, you know, some can be really harsh. And I had that experience and I know how harsh that can be, which is, you know, part of the game. You never know. It's subjective. And it, it, you know, you might get somebody who understands the genre and really liked it. And you might get someone who doesn't get it, which is like we it's part of this industry, part of the game. So with trade reviews, you kind of hope that they positive. You hope that is something good, something good they had to say about it, <laughs> at least one or two things, because you know they they do matter. Uh, booksellers, libraries make decisions to buy or not to buy certain books 
you know, and, and trade review that's positive or has a star will maybe have an influence on that and maybe more libraries will purchase the book. So, you know, yeah, so unexpectedly so far, what when Ghost Calls Home has two trade, two start trade reviews, so Kirkus and um, uh, Booklist. And so far I had my, I had three trade reviews in total and they didn't have anything negative to say, which was like, okay, that's, that's a good sign, I guess. I say so. I, I feel very, very lucky because finally, Finally, I got the book. I have oh my gosh. in my <laughs> This cover is the coolest cover too. It I mean, we had to work to get this, didn't we, Tatya? We had to work. We had to fight. But you know how they say third third time is the charm. And I feel like this is the third book of well, the first two books were in the same shipment that I don't know where that went. I have to say I did investigate with Australian Post and they they did give me some money back. <laughs> for oh, it good. <laughs> because I, I had to pull I had to pull some rank I was like I don't know if you're aware of this but I'm a published author and this is an acceptable and she's also published author and it's like my career is being damaged by you so they're like oh okay well how much do you think that was worth and I was like I don't know forty dollars done we'll send you forty dollars back so that was Australian pause oh my god he was laughing he was laughing this guy was laughing like <laughs> how much do you want like how much do you want I was like forty dollars which was like maybe um yeah but anyway this is the this is the third book that I'm sending Angela and I'm like so blessed that finally Posty decided to deliver it, the postal person whoever thank you <laughs> You have to yeah. watch them. USPS, you have to watch them. I learned my lesson the hard way when I sent her Tobias books. And it and that was during COVID time. So I was like, okay, it's taking forever to get there. But a lot of stuff was. And then I was like, no, hang on. It's been like two months. I added it up. And then it arrived on my doorstep like three months later. They sent it back. And I was like, oh, so now you got I it once. They only keep it in the post office if you miss the parcel. They only keep it for like three or four days or something yeah. before they send it back. You got to watch them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was told by Australian Post person, I would, oh, this is way, we take, we're talking way too long about mail, but okay. One last thing to say that the Australian uh, representative told me that American mail, whatever, whatever it is, uh, USPS, UPS, they have their own way of disposing of books that haven't been, have been marked and delivered. And I asked him, what do you mean by disposing of books? <laughs> He just started laughing. He's like, well, you know, <laughs> disposing of them. I was like, what? I did like taking them to a trash pile and burn them. And he's like, well, I don't know, maybe. Um, yeah. So Whoa. they just like, they don't even send them back. They just like destroy them or burn them. I don't know what they do with them. That's terrible. <laughs> well, luckily I freaking got your book. Thank goodness. Thank the postal gods. They were looking out for us. Uh, can you give our listeners like a little synopsis on what this gorgeous, creepy book is about? I have to say, so I have my family, my author hardcovers, and they're gorgeous as well. So finally, I had to wrestle them from post office as well. I won't go into detail. It was very traumatic. But and um, there's a little secret uh, like thing here on the hardcover. They put in like a little um, like a tape, like a videotape thing and spooling, I guess, which is really cool. I've never had any of my books. Um, 
you know, when they put a little something on the hardcover design, I've never had that. It's always just very like just just black or white or red or whatever. So that was very nice to see. I was very excited. Like, ah, I screamed. Um, but yeah, so this is my third book. It's um, thriller, horror, YA, uh, but it features two sisters. Uh, and we, the protagonist is the younger sister. So she investigates her sister's disappearance, basically. That's what's at the core of the book. Uh, but it all goes back to the time when they lived with their parents in this allegedly haunted mansion by the sea that the parents were working to restore. They were architects. And uh, as the sisters were bored or whatever, they decided to film a horror movie, <laughs> as you do <laughs> when you live in an allegedly haunted mansion by the sea. So it was driven by the older sister. She kind of like filmed her younger sister, who became this unwitting star of this basically kind of like found footage horror so it's like it, the movie kind of became this like underground cult, cult sensation because it's just so weird and off-putting off and unsettling and the younger sister basically one-off child star of a horror movie um and then her sister disappears and the younger sister thinks that it's connected to the movie to the fandom because fandom around the movie is extremely creepy um there's a lot of you know conspiracy theorists wondering that was real was that not real the ghost is real if you watch a movie something will happen and it's all like shrouded in this supernatural lore um so yeah but it's um at the core of it it's kind of like two ideas one is the um idea of memories so memory memories are haunted um ghosts are memories and we're all haunted by our memories by our past um and another idea is also kind of haunting but haunted art art that is haunted by trauma by feelings by emotions by experiences so that's two themes of the book and um i guess it's one of those books that's like you know is it supernatural or is it not is it just really messed up or is it demon you know <laughs> that's the stuff i love <laughs> that's the stuff i love so that's that's the book in summary <laughs> could be your imagination or it could be a demon <laughs> i know you'll find out in the end it is it is one or the other you'll find out <laughs> i mean yeah i feel like it's it's definitely i'm a you know i'm a fan of your work and i have many of your beautiful works adorn these shelves and and you've been doing a bunch of anthologies this year yeah. as well like i've got a few do you want to tell our listeners a bit about those well, I'll tell I'll tell you about this one because this is the one I actually co-edited, uh, which is different from uh, the other ones that I just I have short stories in them. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I get a lot of people asking me, "Oh my God, how do you how do you get in in all these books?" Like, and the thing is that once you kind of get into one, people keep inviting you, mm -hmm. and that's my secret. That's it. That's there's yeah. no, <laughs> it's no no secret recipe or whatever. It's like. Mm -hmm. it, it, you have to look for these opportunities if you want them. I mean, short stories can be really time consuming. They are if you do a good job writing them. Um, and they could be even as demanding as writing a book. Uh, they're kind of like a different technique to them. You know, uh, you have to build tension very quickly. You have to resolve it very well. So anyway, and I kind of like was in between book contracts, actually. So um, after my first two books came out, it took me a while to sell a third book. So when Ghost Coast Home was actually my third book, that was on submission and I didn't so there were two books on submission that didn't sell so even if you get published no guarantee you'll keep getting published yes, yes. so that's one thing that you know uh, really affected my ego and made me very humble <laughs> because 
like this is really tough it's like you know nothing nothing really matters what you've done in the past so anyway um well kind of does but not really so i was like i need to create something for myself so what can i do that's in my power well i can i can start writing short stories because you can submit them to journals you can kind of build up your um you know your backlog of short stories maybe one day you can publish a collection and you kind of get your name out there and i feel like when you appear in an anthology and people like your story they look up your books so I, I found that my like reviews started going up for my first two books. So like clearly something's happening there. And I feel like people tag you and say, oh, I really loved your story. I want to read your books now. So I'm going for your backlist. That's great. That's a really good thing. So I started like looking out for these opportunities and I, um, I submitted a few things, like some friends shared the network. Said, oh, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend is editing something. She's looking for something. You can pitch her an idea. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, like, okay, I can pitch an idea. I was like, oh yeah, I like it. You should write that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So sometimes it's really easy. Sometimes it's really hard. Like it's sometimes it's impossible to get published in like, um, you know, like a paid literary journal when you get paid for it. Like that's a very tough market to break into. Very tough. Even with excellent stories, it's very difficult. Uh, But with some anthologies, uh, especially if you have a way in, maybe a connection, or maybe not. You can just say, look, I have a great pitch for you. Maybe you like it or not. So anyway, so that's how I got into a lot of different anthologies. And that's how I got invited to one of uh, Clandestine, which is like a local Australian press. They're very small, but really have good reputation. So I met the publisher of Clandestine on a very small panel somewhere, the University Writing Festival. And it's just like, I don't know, it was a random thing. She's like, do you like Sherlock Holmes? And I was like yeah yes i do <laughs> i don't hate it <laughs> just like you know like um, i mean i'm not like oh my god i'm a big biggest fan of Sherlock Holmes, but I, I like the stories i like mysteries or whatever she's like oh do you want to write um she's like you're russian right i was like yeah um she's like do you want to write a russian theme Sherlock Holmes? So i was like sure why not i guess i'm in between book contracts, I'll write you one, I guess. I did write one. So it was like a queer Sherlock and Batson. They're both women. They're, they're in love and they're investigating crimes together. Because, you know, <laughs> why not, right? Um, I always wanted to do that. And and then later, she was like, oh, you know, you can anyone can pitch me an idea for an anthology. So I was like, I'll pitch an idea. How about we rewrite old uh, problematic horror tropes? You like that? Yeah. So it was like, you know, horror. Horror is full of tropes. And some of them are, you know, not great. Some of them are very problematic. Like, you know, who is the first person to die in a haunted house? You know, things like that. So let's uh, say to her, how about we invite a lot of different authors, you know, diverse authors from different backgrounds, different sexualities, whatever, and give them a list of tropes and say, pick a trope and rewrite it in your own way. Reinvent it, challenge it, whatever you want to do, genre-wise, um just plot wise and so there you go so here's the book now and lindy cameron who's the publisher she's like yeah that sounds great i i want that (laughs) so go ahead and do that i was like oh okay now i have to do this so (laughs) um but anyway we ended up getting um 19 stories from 20 authors so one was co-authored uh and they're all great they're all incredible they're so different and like so unique and really cool and the cover art is by one of the authors claire l smith so she's melbourne-based 
uh, kind of like a gothic uh, writer, gothic horror writer. Anyway, so we gave her a task to reimagine something that's dead, that's given um, energy to new life. So it's like an old rotten heart uh, with belladonna flowers growing out of it. So yes. <laughs> that's her interpretation. Yeah, that's a genius idea, though. Like just to take a, a problematic trope and turn it on its head. That is the coolest thing freaking ever I love that so much <laughs> yes and I have I'm... to add that let's not forget we here on the podcast are giving away a copy of that which I will now wait until I drop this episode so we can have another influx of people to enter we're giving yep. away a copy of that glorious anthology this fresh hell so keep your eyes out it's not over yet you can still enter <laughs> this is so cool. I want actually may I enter <laughs> Or I guess you I may can buy not. It. You may not. Fine. I'll buy it myself. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I was going to say why not, but hey, um, <laughs> I won't ask maybe. you to ship it to me. I, I'll I try. I was going to say, I'll, I'll try one day to send it to you. Maybe see if we have our luck staying <laughs> with us, or it's going to change. <laughs> I won't ask. I won't ask. But I saw that um, you recently had a launch for yeah. it. Was for the anthology, yep. right? Um, and yeah, I thought yeah. Melanie was there. Like, yes. how was that launch? Was it, I mean, was it your first like book launch? Cause you know, we had COVID and all that stuff or, or have you been doing it? I, you know, tell me all about it. How was it? Well, it was my first in-person event since 2020. So I did do some of it, like quite a few events for my first book. Uh, my first book came out in 2018. So What the Woods Keep ah. was my first, my debut. So, you know, I had a launch for it. I had a bunch of festivals that I did at the time because I had an Australian publisher for that book, which is really good for local publicity. So they put you up for a lot of things. And then my second book came out and the COVID thing, you know, pandemic happened. So I only did, well, I had actually... <laughs> I had a launch in New York for my second book, which was incredible. Um, yeah, I just can't believe I did that. But that was really cool. And then I came home and it was like, we came back into the bushfires in Australia in 2020. It was really scary. It was really bad. Australia was burning. Um, I still managed to do two events. I think I did something in Sydney and Canberra. And then that's it. That was the mm -hmm. lockdown. So I didn't do anything for years, years and years. I did like online events, you know, a lot of online things that we did, little festivals and panels. But this book was, this this was the first launch in, uh, what, three years, I guess. Three yeah. years since January 2020. Yeah, so it was really good. I mean, it's, um, yeah, so Clandestine has publicity department. They're very small, but they do have a publicist. Um, our book, she was like, oh, that's, you know, unique. So I'll try and see if Bookshop will be interested in hosting a lot. Mm. and um and somewhat one one was so they said yes please come it was like uh, one of the central bookshops here which was nice nice to do it and we uh it was me my co-editor and several authors who showed up so we had some melbourne-based authors who showed up and it was it was fun i mean it was a lot of people like in terms of um, Mel, you was you were there i felt like when you deal with like six people that are talking it's tough because people sometimes talk for a long time and I felt like the book I don't know if you noticed this smell was there but there was the the manager of the books bookstore I think he was starting to freak out because we we're like going over time by an hour and every time I looked at him he was like this. oh really I, I like, didn't notice he was like he was doing some gestures at me and I think he just like you know, you need to wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> and I feel like, my goodness, we're one hour over time. These people want to go What's home, that? probably. 
Uh, we were over time yeah because people just talk and talk and it's fine they want to talk about their work and their story and it's wonderful but i cut the last three questions in my question list because i was like okay we gotta end this at some point <laughs> yes it's something that i learn more and more that like even though writers as a general group are like shy and introverted once you get them talking about their like passions you want to shut up <laughs> You can go, it can go, <laughs> which is great for a podcast. <laughs> politely, politely. We rely on that. We rely on that. <laughs> yeah, because we did some interviews as well. Like I did a radio interview. We did some podcast interview for Joy Radio together with Norel. And um, and she like um, uh, she has a really good kind of theatrical voice when she reads, like when she reads from the book. I was like, wow, that's a different level. So she was like theater kid when she was in school. So she has a lot of that kind of artistic way of reading story, like when you do a reading from your book. So I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of reading from my work. Apparently people love it in the audience because that gives them a taster of your story. <laughs> but I just like the sound of my voice. I feel like it's not what, I don't know. And and, and Nara has really good theatrical voice. So yeah, anyway, we did podcasts together and radio interviews together. And I feel like she's so much better than me. But anyway, and she's like, the trick is when you do podcast or radio interview, you have to, at some point, stop mm. to, let, to let them ask you another question. Because if you keep talking at them, it's just, it's just like, it's okay to stop. <laughs> I was like, thank you for this advice. Okay. <laughs> well, we Sorry love our chatty guests. We love our chatty guests. And, you know, but sometimes you get going and when it's with good friends, the time just trickles away, you know? And that's the thing. Yeah. That's I think that we both love that because that mm-hmm. makes for a perfect podcast. But since we do have a break for another question, I... <laughs> <laughs> you see i did stop you see what you i did, did there i, I am so proud of you no but it is an important question and it's one that you know we've been touching on a lot lately which is burnout as writers like it's so hard to balance everything what's your experience with that and like how do you avoid or manage burning out in this industry mm. well i don't think you can avoid it <laughs> <laughs> There's mm-hmm. nothing you can do to avoid it. It just happens. I mean, to be honest, I have been burnt out for a long time now. I feel like I never had the rest after the pandemic. And I feel like it just kind of like came and went, you know, the event of the pandemic and still like it's kind of happening and we just kind of moved on. But, you know, I feel like we never had the chance to, you know, grieve for the time that we lost or I don't know, like it messed, it messed up some my mental health definitely and I feel like I'm still um overcoming the effects of that even though we don't talk much about it and we kind of like moved on and you know everybody back to the office now because I have a day job you know I work at university it's like you know go back and work now and you know be cheerful and be great with students and supervise your you know graduate researchers and you know be full of energy and, and give 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 and give feedback and you know and be wonderful and I try, but it's it's hard. Like it it affects your writing, it affects your creativity. Um, to be honest, I don't know if I'm the best person to give advice of how to manage that because I don't think I do a very good job managing mine. Um, mm-hmm. Like at the moment, I don't have well, I don't have a deadline at the moment. 
um, but it might change because I'm waiting for edits for my my next book with Page Street YA. So that might come any moment. It's probably going to have be a tight deadline because we're a bit, you know, uh, the, the publishing schedule is a bit shifted because of things. So like, okay, I'm going to have a deadline soon. It's going to be my my thing that I need to do. That book needs to be ready. It has a deadline. It has whatever. So I'll do that. When I have a deadline, my brain shifts itself into a different mode, and I work. You can write a book to deadline. It is nothing more encouraging than contractual obligation in my experience. Yeah. <laughs> when you nothing encourages more than that. Like, no, 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 I'm gonna meet this um deadline. Um, but if you don't have that, if you just write the book, let's say I'm working on my you know adult um horror and we all kind of have projects that we're doing that are not um that kind of on spec on spec, like we're writing things on spec that haven't sold yet, that haven't been pitched yet. I think we all do that. And it's it's hard. Like um I'm almost done. I feel like I've been at that state of almost done with a book for a year now. Um, it's not quite there. I kind of pluck away at it. I do a little bit. I mentioned it to my agent last month. So she was expecting it in August. I didn't send it over six. It's not ready. And it's hard right now. Like, I feel like you have to give yourself a break. Like this this week and next week, next week my, my book's coming out. So I have a lot of events. I'm doing a lot of events on the US time. So I'll be up in the middle of the night. I'll be doing events at midnight and it's fine. I'm happy, I'm happy to do it. I'm very grateful that my publicist set it up. So I'll be doing that because it's priority for me to promote my book. Mm. I won't be writing much. <laughs> I won't be writing much this yeah. week or next week. And that's okay. And I feel like I'm at that stage where like at the moment I got invitations for two other anthologies right now <laughs> that I need to decide on. Wow. And yeah, I know, but I don't think I can do it. I just don't think I physically can write mm -hmm. those stories. I just, I don't yeah. think I can. Yeah, I just like, I think for the first time I'll have to say no. I have to say no to an anthology, which I've never done before. Um, yeah, I guess like my advice, <laughs> my advice is just be, don't be hard on yourself. I feel like, especially mm. if you're like perfectionist and you're used to getting things done and you like, I feel like sometimes I, I become obsessed with getting something done. Like it really contaminates my mind. It's like, no, 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 no. I have to solve this problem now. I have to, I have to do this. It has to be done. And I drop everything and I do that. But sometimes I have a list of 20 things on my, on my list that I just can't, I can't move myself to do it. I can't do it. Leave me alone. <laughs> I just need to yeah. crawl into a corner and sit there in the dark for a while. Um, yeah, be easy on yourself. I think like with, with creativity, don't push it maybe because you'll probably end up producing something that's not quite there maybe. Um, you probably will write something and it's easier to edit something rather than not have anything. But at the same time, I find that I've been like, with some book with the books that I have right now that I'm writing, like my adult horror that you know it's not under contract, I'm just doing it on my own time. I've been like trying to find different ways of entry into those projects. And I was like, I need to think a little bit more about it. Maybe take a step back and think think a bit more about the project. Maybe reflect on what you're doing, slow it down. Mm -hmm. I think the world wants us to speed up and race everywhere and never be on time and smash yourself against walls. Um, and, you know, like slowing down, it's a way of resistance yeah. <laughs> towards that. It's like self-love, kindness, loving yourself is like a revolutionary act. 
<laughs> you know? oh, you're talking to my heart right now. That's like so in line with like the way I'm trying to live. And it's really fucking hard. Like we are yes. so pro, like you said, I can't remember the exact wording, but like, yeah, like we, we're not robots, you know, like this push to constantly produce more, constantly be faster, constantly get it done quicker, constantly de- get it done better. And in a creative field of all things, when you need to kind of let an idea sit and mull for a little bit and kind of like take your time and like, yeah, it, I agree. It's a form of resistance to live a peaceful, yeah. like r- to have take time off to like format your life in a way that works for you. Like we're living organisms, you know, <laughs> like we, we need rest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it, it just goes against the way we are, the way we are wired by society, by, you know, like Western paradigm of work, capitalism, capitalist systems of work. It's wired into our brains, right? We're expected to be productive. We're expected to be on time. We're expected to do things that we're supposed to do. But it's like, you only, you know, you only live once. You have to enjoy. It. So you can't just like, just give in and and yeah so I feel like I'm getting there finally I think as you get older too you kind of like become more kind to yourself maybe uh also you get more tired so you have to take rest <laughs> yeah it's like you're forced to be kind to yourself because your body will be like no you're done you're right. sick or whatever it is like your body's like bitch stop <laughs> yeah that's right my back yeah. hurts i need to lie down <laughs> yeah you need to take a break the body says no now you i mean you've been so busy what has been like the most fun part of your year so far the most rewarding thing that you've done i think in terms of seeing like a rewarding thing and seeing the reaction reactions the early reactions to my book to when ghost calls home because i have to say i mean i don't want to sound like you know i deserve <laughs> what i love the best whatever but my god i'm so overdue for that because i didn't have the best time with my first two books <laughs> and i was like finally i'm having like a normal what well, you know the kind of kind experience of having a book released <laughs> because <laughs> um you know people seem to be getting it and i feel like it's the best people seem to get the book most people i'm sure there's going to be some negative reviews i don't read them anymore fine people entitled to their opinions whatever it's not for me um to read them but it's like i think seeing that book come into the world kind of slowly through advanced copies and you know net galleys know that and seeing that early reaction to it and, you know, having the wonderful cover that I love. And um, and then the UK, uh, UK, UK publisher did their own cover. It's very different. So it's like kind of like a dreamy, melancholy kind of, um, I, I, I like it as well. It's very, very different. And it's like interesting because UK trends are very different to, from American trends. Like cover wise, they have their own thing going, which is fascinating mm-hmm. to observe. And it's like, it's a year of many firsts for me. First that I didn't get with my earlier books, um, you know, like getting, um, my, like my book has never been published in the UK before. I've never had that, which is 
really cool experience and I have a great team in Pam Macmillan UK they're so wonderful the editor there really gets the book and like I've never heard such things said about my book by an editor before like how much she understood it and loved it and really wants to do right by it and you know she's like oh, I'm really excited to bring it into, into the new market and you know, because um, I had some um, some disappointments in the past. I think we all do. And sometimes you kind of like have expectations that are not met. And sometimes you don't even know what expectations should be. And then you realize that you haven't been, you know, you haven't met them. Like it's out of your reach. So, yeah, it was, it's, really, it's really good so far. Like I feel really positive about the book. I hope more people will like it. You know, it's a different book to my first two. I think I finally like acknowledged myself as the horror author. I'm horror, I write horror. I write horror thrillers maybe, if you want to call it that. <laughs> maybe mystery elements. But I felt like this is what I'm doing. I love horror as a genre. I don't care if some people have a stigma attached to it. A lot of people don't like it or don't understand it. That's okay. I'll be an advocate for the genre. I'll be they're explaining that it's not all gore and guts and violence and whatever it's not all disgusting <laughs> you know some books some books might be you know might make you think about something maybe it's a it's a great vehicle it's a great driver to explore ideas and challenge tropes and you know I feel like I'm finally there with my craft like I'm I'm so much better like just looking at my earlier writing and you you evolve you have to right you change your craft evolves with you yeah. and it's kind of good to see the results of hard work you know yes like, yeah and you have so. worked hard my friend I feel like you know you've been through a lot and you <laughs> yeah you are like a voice in the community and I'm so proud and so excited for where this book is going to go and just soak it up because you you've worked your ass off to get here and you know we're going to be cheer I see where we've got like less than less than two minutes to go <laughs> so I'm like you wanted to ask Melanie oh my ask gosh before we get cut off, I keep forgetting to ask you this because I see in your bio you say Katya is a short version of your yes. real name, which is very long and gets mispronounced a lot. I was like, what? Like, I, I remember <laughs> reading it ages ago, but I completely forgot. I need to know. I need to know. <laughs> that's okay. Um, that's, um, um, I love that someone picked up on that. I don't, I've never been asked this before. So my, my full <laughs> name, my legal name is uh, Ekaterina. So it's uh, it's spelled with E, Ekaterina. So a lot of people make fun of me. Saying, oh, is it like e-commerce? Is it like e-business? E-Katerina. Um, yeah, I know that's how. <laughs> well, you gave that's us my the name. joke now. <laughs> You've got I have like an e-Katya. <laughs> yeah, so e-Katerina. Um, that's how they like transliterate from oh. uh, Slavic languages into English. So that's oh. how it's got. That, that's how they spelled it in my passport. So that's how I have to use it in like my work and stuff. So Ekaterina, but the recognized shirt version, like for Catherine, it's Kate or Katie, right? So it doesn't like sound quite the same. Like how do you get Catherine from, how do you get Kate from Catherine? Like it's slightly different, but Ekaterina gives way to Katya. So that's, Katya is short of Ekaterina. That's, that's what it is. But people, people mispronounce Ekaterina <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Uh, I, but it's a beautiful name. It's going to cut us off any second. And I see Monty got cut off. I think her, I think her laptop died. But I love you so much. And thank you for coming on. 
before it cuts us out and yeah thank you so much for having me uh always enjoy it and you're both great i i love i love you and angela and i'm so grateful that you have me again on your podcast of course <laughs>